First, just a, a few opening comments about the practice of zazen before we start, out, start in with the instruction. Um, as far as the Zen tradition, and particularly the Zen tradition that we practice here, uh, zazen, or seated Zen, seated meditation, is sort of located as the central practice around which everything rotates. Um, there are, I think, a distinction I want to, one distinction I want to make very early on uh, is there is Zen theory and there is Zen practice. And Zen theory is so fun. Zen theory is so fun. There are all these, like, uh, captivating ideas, approaches, opinions, doctrines, views about what Zen is and how to practice Zen. Zen theory and Zen practice. Zen practice, for the purposes of what we're up to for the next three weeks, is how do we sit meditation? How do we relate to our experience while uh, sitting in meditation? And what are some of the ways that we can do that skillfully? And it's been my experience, and I, I think the reason that the tradition lives on is that that practice in itself reveals something deep within ourselves. It informs something about how we live our lives. So, to encapsulate this Zen theory, Zen practice point, yeah, feel free, come on in. Um, to encapsulate this point, one of, my, one of my first teachers had a great slogan. And he used to say, oh, wait, let me set it up a little differently. Has anyone, has anyone asked you, hey, what's meditation about? What's meditation about? Anyone who is interested, this may be your first time doing meditation. Has anyone asked you, alternately, what is Zen about? What is Zen about? Yeah, people do that, right? Like they hear you're into Zen, they're like, oh, what is that about? And we try to say things, don't we? We try to say something about, about that, more or less adequate. This, this teacher I used to have would say, Zen is not about anything. Zen is not about anything, he said. Zen is about directly experiencing. Zen is directly experiencing. So that's a sort of orientation I want to pick up for the instruction. So directly experiencing, that's a whole lot of syllables to say something really simple. What we're going to be work working with is nothing any fancier than attention. Just this everyday faculty of being able to pay attention. And over the course of a few weeks, we'll talk about different ways that you can make use of and become skillful with your attention that uh, can deepen your meditation practice, perhaps. Uh, and in time, as it matures, sort of um, inform the way you live your life. So the way that, this, the way that these three weeks are set up, um, first I'll say things will be recorded. If you can't make every session, you can always check it out on our website. Um, the way the three weeks are set up, it's such that the instructions happen sequentially, which may, um, which may sort of help us ease into how vast zazen can be. Very often, zazen instruction is given like all in a lump, all in a lump that might sound something like, just sit there, 
and be aware. Just sit there and be aware. Maybe with some reference to watching the breathing. And I, my hope is that by setting this up gradually, sort of taking, taking experience piece by piece by piece, we can actually learn to be a little bit more intimate with this part of our experience, and then this one, and then this one, such that we'll begin with meditation on the breathing, something many of us are probably pretty familiar with. We'll also talk today about uh, some, some advice for setting up a daily meditation practice for yourself. In the second week, we'll sort of, sort of widen the aperture beyond breathing, to uh, meditation on the body. Meditation on the body, and then it's a very close companion, meditation on emotions. Skillful relationships with emotions. And then in the third week, we'll look at uh, meditation with thinking, another one of our companions. Uh, And then after we've gone through breath, body, emotions, thinking, will approach shikantaza proper, which is just sitting proper. We'll make our way to Zen meditation by way of these different aspects of experience. So that's the basic plan for the three weeks. My hope is that at the, at the, end, of, at the end of three weeks, should you decide to follow along, uh, that you'll have some greater facility with these different aspects of your experience, such that you can meet all kinds of things in your life with more ease, more balance, more compassion, more wisdom. Let's see. Very first thing we should do, if it is a Zen temple after all, and we're all sitting, we should talk about posture. Uh, an admonition for posture is that it is very, very worth the time to find a posture that works for meditation for you. I would encourage you over the course of, over the course of these three weeks to um, experiment with different postures. We'll talk about some of the, some of the basics and um, we'll, find, we'll find appropriate places for sitting. We may even need to bring in some more chairs, actually. Um, is that okay? Yeah. Thank you, Tanuka. Thanks. Great. So, first thing I want to mention about posture. The most important, the most important place to start is to have an alert spine. A spine that's upright. I'm, uh, I'm kneeling because I'm about to get up. A spine that's upright energetic, and somehow is extended in a way such that the ribs, the shoulders, the arms can sort of relax. Now, in order to have this upright alert spine, we have to have a firm base, right? If uh, there's no foundation, the house is going to move all over the place. So I'm going to demonstrate in a chair first, actually, and then move on to the floor. Things to keep in mind when sitting on a chair. Some good advice. Um, 
I tend, I tend to make use of either the, edge, the very edge of the chair with no cushion, the very edge of the chair. Sometimes, my, sometimes this gets front and back wobbly a little bit, so I'll put a little support cushion back here to stable, stabilize the hips and the pelvis. Keeping the, keeping the feet flat on the floor and straight ahead. Sometimes I'll widen if I want a little extra support. Uh, and from here, you can see that the spine can grow up and grow tall. Uh, I'm starting with a chair because we never start with a chair. Mm -hmm. We always start with the cushion. And the, uh, this is one of the visualizations of the future Buddha. The future Buddha is always sitting in a chair. If he's not standing up. If he's sitting in meditation, he's always in a chair. So that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. So here, I'm going to point out something that applies both on the floor and in the chair. And that is the hips should be a little higher than the knees, at least. Otherwise, If it's otherwise, if your knees go higher than your hips, then it puts a strain on your back. It causes pain over time. So that sets the foundation for sitting in a chair, and then we'll, sit, we'll set the foundation on the floor, and then everything else grows up the same. Feel free at any time that we're talking. I know we don't have a whole lot more cushions, because it's wonderful, there are so many people here, but if you need more cushions, please, please feel free to get them. First posture we can try together. Because I have a back injury, I always sit in a kneeling posture. I don't get to sit cross-legged anymore, though it is so comfortable. Uh, once the hips, op hips open up. So if you would like to try this, you're welcome to. It is, a, it is one simple way to get the knees lower than the hips. Nice. So the way, to, the way this is done, if you didn't see, is to take your, your zafu, your cushion, turn it up like a wheel, and put it between the ankles. And then what I'm looking for here when I'm feeling it, when I'm feeling into this kneeling posture is uh, more or less, I want stability straight through the base of the sitting bones, like straight through the spine and the hips. And then I also want stability from the knees. You want all three involved. Sometimes I'll sit like this, feels a little like tea ceremony, and that feels, that feels right. Um, but usually, I keep my knees a little wider. So that, if that feels stable for you, that might be a posture you try. Wonderful. I like seeing people get cushions. Like I said, it is well worth the time. And then to talk about the base for cross-legged postures. And then we'll move on, move on up the body. Regarding this bit about hips and knees, if you find you're sitting, sitting cross-legged and your knees are floating, um, eventually that's going to strain these muscles. What you want to be able to do is transfer the weight of your legs to the mat if you can. And one of the ways to do this is to raise, raise your seat. So. If, if your knees are floating and your, your zafu is flat like this, you can turn it up like this and sit like so.
And if your knee is not quite making it down, find to put some support down here. You may, when, you find, when you find something akin to the right posture, you may feel something in your legs, hips, torso go, ah, yes. Or maybe not. That might not show up. But if it does, that's a good sign. So this leg situation, sometimes called Taylor fashion, sometimes called Burmese, has the legs parallel to one another, more or less. Of course, there is, I can't demonstrate it because of my, my own body situation. But um, I think everyone's familiar with the lotuses. Okay. Foot on the hip, foot on the opposite hip. Yeah. This one has worked just fine for me for a good long while. Um, if the hips start to open up and you find that and you find that the knees want to start moving in a little bit, that can provide more stability. And it may be that you end up putting a putting a foot up on a cat. We'll see. So those are the various bases. Now let's move up from there. I'm going to sit kind of at a diagonal so more people can see. So having established a base through the sits bones, through the knees, or if you're sitting in a chair, through the feet, um, feeling your way, finding your way to a, an alert, independent spine. Um, as I mentioned before, having meditated with back injuries for a while, I needed support on a chair to, to take care of the back. If the, body, if the body can do without the support, all the better. Uh, it's also fine to meditate lying down. I did that for about a year. Um, if, anyone, if anyone meditates lying down, we can talk about tips. So from here, the base, the alert spine. I would invite you to take your attention, and as best you can, direct it to the very base of your spine, the sacrum, and feel... There may be a little pressure there. There may be a little point of contact from the meditation cushion. And then at a moderate pace, just about like where, how my hand is moving up, so move the attention up the spine. If there's somewhere you can't feel, that's fine. Just gently moving it up. You might, you might find that just that little bit of attention, you're finding little ways to align the spine. And then as you get to the head, the top of the spine can get a little extra lift and length by raising the crown of the head, which naturally tucks the, the chin just a little. In this tradition, we sit with our eyes uh, sort of half open, soft gaze, not like you're looking at anything, almost, almost like you're looking at something like a mountain in the distance. And that soft gaze, you might feel relaxation move through your face, your eyes, your jaw. The arms can be a little bit, a little bit loose at the sides, relaxed. The way that we, um, 
the way that many of us spend time on computers, you might find that rolling your shoulders back is a really nice thing to do so they can find their place. And then the most traditionally, left hand finds its home right below the navel, right on top of the palm of the, the right hand. So something like this. Something to look out for. Can be fine to rest your hands in your lap. Take care that it doesn't pull your shoulders forward because that will really um, become painful over time, actually. I find, uh, I find lifting, lifting just a little bit feels somehow a, more relaxing, even though more muscular is, musculature is engaged. Something I notice is it, it helps me feel more balanced front to back. So you have your base. You have your hips, your alert spine, shoulders back, arms free, and then hands. We talked about the head. Ah, the mouth. The mouth is just softly closed, and the tongue is on the front roof of the mouth. Something to look out for here is um, sometimes during meditation, there may, there, you may develop a clench, maybe in the jaw, or even in the tongue, maybe a little press forward. It generates a lot of tension in the face. So just relax, relax all the way down the tongue, down the throat. We took all this time setting up the posture, right? And then the instruction is to let the hands, it's called the mudra, and let them now rest on your legs for a minute and rock your body right and left. Keeping your hips, your hips still, rock the body right and left gradually less and less. You're finding upright, you're finding center. Not leaning to the right, not leaning to the left. Gradually, just upright. And once you've done that, bringing the hands back. And this is the one moment for an open mouth breath. Take a full breath in, and all the way out. And again. And then the third time. So I would suggest we stay here in this posture without developing the instruction further for just two minutes so you can, you can develop an imprint, a physical memory of the meditation posture for yourself.
So any questions about the posture before we move on to the next bit? Anything coming up now? Yes? So the objective is to not have any pain anywhere, right? I wouldn't go there yet. I wouldn't go there yet. Actually, I would imagine, uh-huh. ideally, you're not hurting. Okay. Very common, as you're establishing a meditation posture, that it takes some time for the body to work itself out. Actually, pretty common that a limb will fall asleep. Um, the ankles might hurt. Something I want to emphasize, and I'll talk more about uh, the next week. Very important for you to stay uh, in choice about how much to work with discomfort. So, something if something is going there, going well, or if something uh, something's generating a lot of pain. Please take care of yourself. But if, there, if there's something particular, maybe we can adjust. It might help. Yeah. No, it's just uh, when I tried the crossing, I felt like a lot of pressure on my uh, legs. So that's why I was changing. So now I feel like it's good. You do? feel pain in my back or back. So. Great. Great. That seems like this might be the, the posture for now. Yeah. And then, of course, there's a reason... Uh, Zen and yoga have such an affinity. Right? Stretching out the body, stretching the body, and all the other, all the other resonances. But um, over time, if you want to grow into different postures, there, there are ways to do that. Yeah? yeah. Other thoughts about posture? Other questions about the posture? Yes? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, it was... Left, left hand sits on top of the right, and then the thumb, thumb tips just lightly touching, making a nice oval. This has a really fancy name, the mm-hmm. Cosmic Mudra. Whole universe. There's a, and there's, a, there's a, yeah, one little detail about it. There's the oval here, and then it makes an oval here. We'll sit with that, not too much Zen theory. More posture questions? Yes? Do you have any comments on like back and forth? I mean, like, sure. Um, you may actually even see me do this when I'm settling into my posture. Once I have the base reasonably close, the question was any, any comment about rock, rocking back and forth. I'll do the side to side to find upright that direction, and then I'll also do a back to forth. Feel, yeah, really feeling in. Yeah. So it is something I utilize. Seem pretty settled with the posture thing. Yes? Right, right. Um, yeah. How do you usually sit? Do you sit cross-legged? I sit in Burmese. You sit in Burmese? Yeah. Um, Sitting in Burmese, you may find provides a lot of side-to-side support, but not very much front-to-back. Every, every posture has its, its points like this. Uh, sitting, kneeling has a lot of front-to-back support, but not much side-to-side. Here, the how much question is a, is a matter of discernment. 
And I imagine, I, I don't know if this is true for you, but I suspect on different days you find yourself needing to engage different amounts to keep your posture, which may have something to do with the state of your legs and the state of your back. Um, I think a good, maybe a principle or a rule of thumb as you're, as you're discerning that is actually, it's found in the hands. That the, the hands represent a balance between energy and relaxation, the same way the spine does. If we're too energized, there's, there's a sort of crunch that can happen. And if we're too relaxed, this all falls apart. What I would say, how much to engage the core, just enough, just enough that the body can remain aligned and that the rest of your body can, can be as relaxed as possible. And there may, be, there may be ways that you can make small adjustments to the posture over time where more and more of your body can relax upright. That's my thought for the moment. You're welcome. Yes? With the eyes and the soft gaze, is it if you need to close your eyes to get kind of, uh, I don't know, relaxed or meditative, is that something that, I know you don't want to fall asleep, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Sure. Good, great question. And um, related to the fact that California Dharma, mm -hmm. we have access to everything now. Yeah. You know? And some meditation styles are closed, yeah. closed eyed. I think if, you, if you've developed a practice where okay. it's more comfortable to have your eyes closed, go right ahead. Um, and it can be interesting to try out the open eye. Yeah. My, uh, my teacher now uh, says that she starts all of her meditation with her eyes closed. Okay. And only once everything is just, just mm -hmm. so, then she'll open her eyes. Yeah, I think of the, the monk who cut off his eyelids. And <laughs> Bodhidharma. Yeah. I'm not that dramatic. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh. Well, um, we've all been sitting for a good long while. What do you think we stand up for a minute and like move our legs around? And then just, just long enough to stretch and get the blood moving. And then when you're ready, you can take your seat. No rush. Now that I'm done demonstrating posture, if anyone needs this gear, you are totally welcome to it.
So now there are a few ideas I would like to introduce before we do a meditation together. First is this, this idea, metaphorically, that breath, that breathing, is at the center of our life. In a very real way, breathing is close to part of the center of our body. And there's a way that we can think about the different aspects of our experience um, sort of moving out in concentric circles. And then if we center ourselves on the breathing, there can be this grounded steadiness, this sort of touchstone, this uh, center, uh, which we can use to orient. So I think it's for very good reason that meditation is traditionally taught with the breathing first. So a lot, it can be a lot of complexity to experience, but what we're trying to do is have a very simple relationship with just exactly what we're experiencing right now. It helps to have a pretty simple object that we're familiar with, like the breathing, to practice that simple relationship. Of course, the, the, the body and the breathing is, doesn't always feel safe. Uh, it may be that grounding in sounds is the better thing, or the whole body's awareness. But if it works for you today, we can put some, put some attention on the breathing. In this, in this tradition, one of the things to take note of, they actually give us advice about where to pay attention to the breathing. Down here in the low belly. Sort of like a low center of gravity for your awareness. Let the attention sort of ride the elevator right down the body to the hara, this low belly, right around where the hands live, right around where the mudra lives. Another important piece is that the, the breathing, that we pay attention to it here, we give it some priority. It's not like the only thing that's going on. Obviously, We're, we are at Page and Laguna. We sit Zazen in, quote, the loudest Zendo in the United States. <laughs> Seriously, has been called that by professional Zen people. <laughs> and um, so the breathing is not always the only thing that's going on. But it can be our primary reference point when we're, when we're exercising in this way. About the breathing itself, um, beyond those initial mouth breaths that we did earlier, like big, full, those breaths at the beginning of the sit, there's no need for the purposes of this to adjust the breath. If it's long, let it be long. If it's short, let it be short. There's some very powerful breath practices out there, and this is not a comment about those, actually, just to describe how this one is done. Let the breath be as it wants to be. What I notice when I do that is that it cycles. Sometimes it's shallow. Sometimes my body is actually metabolizing some emotion or something, and the breath gets big. Um, but just, just to give your attention to however the breathing is. Another important idea, when I say give attention to the breathing, it might almost seem like you're watching it from a distance, like maybe from up here somewhere. 
as best you can to get down into the embodied breathing and to feel from the inside out the actual sensations of breathing. It's like, um, it's like tuning into the space where the breathing happens and letting the awareness of that part of the body really awaken, sensing into that area more than watching it. Sensing more than watching. It may not be only sounds of traffic that, uh, that are going on in addition to our breathing. There may be some strong thinking. There may be an emotion. If there's just one thing you pick up today, I really want you to hear this part. Whatever is going on, whatever has your attention, if you're aware enough to know that it's happening, you're doing the practice. Whether that's unpleasant, whether it's pleasant, the intention is there, of course, to be with the breathing. If there's a thought that comes up, an emotion, a story gets going, and the extra bit that's like, oh, I shouldn't be thinking, I'm meditating. Mm -hmm. Where have I been? In that moment when you recognize Oh, where have I been? Of course, that's a comment. But the point is that you recognized. In that moment, you're back. Whatever you're attentive of, that's the practice. So please be kind with yourselves. There's a, there's a danger when directing the attention to the breathing that uh, we think however many times we fall off of the breathing is like how bad a meditator I am today, right? The falling off is just falling off. We train our minds to move all day long. That's what we're doing. We're conditioning them to move. The practice is in waking up in that moment and coming back with kindness, but uh, with some intention. So yeah, please take that with you. Whatever is happening, if you're attentive, if you're attentive enough to know, you're doing it. You're doing it just fine. One last thing I'll say. Uh, and then we can move into a guided meditation together. As you're breathing, as you're aware of breathing, there's this whole world of sensation happening. We only know the breathing through the feeling body. We may have a concept of the breath, we only know it through sensation. To distinguish this whole breathing body world from maybe the chatter about it, and we'll get more into that next week, but just to sort of plant that as a seed can be really useful to parse the experience. This is the breathing body, and this is my chatter about it. We'll talk more about that. So let's find our way into posture that works for you for the next maybe 15 minutes or so. And please feel free to, to move or adjust as we go. Take a moment. 
take a moment, take a few. Move through those points of points of the body we talked about. The knees and the hips. The alert upright spine. You can draw the attention up the spine. Feeling your way into alignment. Extending the neck. Just gently. Rolling the shoulders back. Left palm on the left fingers on the right fingers, thumb tips just touching. If you like, you can give it just a little sway, right and left, front and back, to find upright and center. And then if you feel available to it, invite the attention to move its way down into the low belly breathing. Feeling your way into the expansion, into contraction. just enough effort. To sustain contact between attention and the breath and the belly. You may find that the inhaling and the exhaling 
It's massaging the muscles and the joints from the inside. And when something draws the attention away, no problem whatsoever. The heart beats, the mind thinks. No problem whatsoever. And then return the attention in a relaxed, deliberate way to the breathing in the low belly. As you're meditating, to introduce a traditional tool, to help support our intention to be here. And this is counting the breaths. As you breathe in, if you like, with a very, very soft whisper in the mind, you can label the breath one, On the next inhale, two. The next inhale, three.
the great majority of your attention stays with the sensations. Just the tiniest whisper. You can make your way up to 10. And if the attention wanders before you get to 10, you can start over again. And if you make your way up to 10, start back at one. there's anything in the way of attending to the breathing, it's okay to let go of the breathing as the object. And to see, oh, just what's here? What's compelling? And it could be that that acknowledgement makes it a little bit easier to come back to the breathing.
zazen is big enough to hold all variety of experience. We have some time now for some questions before we do the next thing. Uh, particularly questions about the practice on meditating with breathing or, in, or the posture. Other, any of those two things we've covered so far? Yes? I, uh, you're laying down posture. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Sure, sure, sure. Should I demonstrate? I would love that. Great. Remind me of your name? Chloe. Chloe asked about laying down posture. Yeah. One of the guiding teachers at IMC also primarily okay. meditates lying down because of, a, because of an injury. Um, I'm going to do it this way so my feet aren't facing the Buddha. Mm-hmm. One thing I like to do is use a mat or something to put right around here to keep the proper curve of the back to give a little bit of support. And I'll also keep something under the knees. Like so. If I'm really going for it, for like a long sit, mm-hmm. I may wrap something around my ankles so, oh. that, so that my legs can relax. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I have to sustain. And then it's really nice to get like a small washcloth or something to put it underneath the, underneath the neck. Or like right here at the, where the neck and the base of the skull come to meet. Those really do it. Now the heart, what do you think the challenge is with lying down? Not falling asleep. Yeah. yeah. So, when I try to do this, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't take long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, the, what the teacher at IMC does, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Put the hand up. Oh, genius. Just enough engagement to keep the mind awake. Mm-hmm. And then, if she falls asleep, she'll know. She, it wakes her up. <laughs> so that helps. Yes. Something, something I found over time also was drawing the knees up. It really helps. Because yeah. this gets tiring for me with the hands. If I, if I keep the knees up, mm-hmm. then that engages this enough. So something to experiment with, but that's the basics. So. Is there something wrong with the knees not being grounded, like in pointing down? That's an interesting question. I would only be speculating. Yes. Um, I mean, there's a lot of groundedness having your whole back yeah. Yeah. on the ground. In terms of like energetic flow, I'm not really sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. Um, I have a question on the head position. So it feels like when you're holding it the way you described, it takes a little effort to keep the neck up and keep them from sliding down the lap. Yes. Is that how it's supposed to feel? Yeah, there, there are two thoughts about this. Sorry, three thoughts. Um, one is, as I, as I was mentioning earlier, there's a balance of energy and relaxation. And this is one of those ways that you can engage just a, just a little bit of energy to keep your hands where they, they should be, or where you decide they're going. Just today, in a classic instruction text, first time I've ever seen this, 
Someone said, put a cloth underneath your hands so they don't slide. I thought, that's brilliant. So that's one idea. And the, other, the third idea is um, if, it, if, the, if the hand posture becomes a bother, if the mudra becomes a bother, do something else. Keep the, keep the hands symmetrical if you can. Um, I know I keep referring to this, but I think it's important in, to include bodies, the fact that we have bodies. Um, because of the injury that I have, I, I do most of my meditating like this. Because this, this now causes injury. So I do most of my stuff like this. Yes? A question. Um, like, how should your head be lined up um, with your, the body? Yeah. Especially when ever so often you catch yourself doing it often, like jumping out. Because in the actual firm, conscious effort to pull it back and like line, align your spine with it, or what is it doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the classic instruction is uh, ears aligned with the shoulders, nose in line with the navel. And then I find, I find if I hold it back there, this really starts to hurt, you know? Um, I think what I, what I want to convey is that there's actually a way, like the body's going to move while we're sitting. That's just, that's a given. The body is going to move. So what's the, what is the most like gentle, kind way that you can slowly, gently reestablish the posture? It's not a, uh, I don't, I, others may relate to this differently, but I don't relate to the posture as something that I have to like mold myself into and clench. It really is like, how do I balance and hold upright this breathing body that is going to continue moving? I don't know if that speaks to what you're asking. Yeah, it's part of the component. It sounds... Sure. Where to go? Hi, Chris. Hey. Um, so you mentioned focusing on the breath in the stomach, and then I've heard in other forms that finding uh, the breath in like almost the portions of your body that you wouldn't associate with breathing um, can be good. Are there purposes for like different areas of focus? Or oh, that's a good that's a good question. Um, again, I would be speculating. Um, the one of the one of the reasons that I hear about breathing into the hara in this tradition is one that I already conveyed about allowing the center of gravity of attention to grow lower. I find it also really helps keep my, keep my circulation happy. No, that's interesting. I also find it's good for my digestion, but I'm kind of like, I'm getting beyond my scope here, you see? <laughs> um, something, it's not the practice that you're describing, it's something that I, but something that I have done at different times is I'll find that there's a, there's a place in my body that's like feels locked or cramped or I can feel that the energy isn't moving through that body, that part of the body, and I may spend a few minutes breathing into it or breathing through it. Mm -hmm. Just to like, it feels like a kindness. I'm not trying to like unlock something, but it feels like, hey, you, you want to be part of this body too. Yeah, let's, let's welcome you in. Um, but I'm not sure about functions of 
you know, breathing in different parts of the body. I did a fair amount of training breathing here, and that had a certain effect, and a fair amount of training breathing here. But what the effects are going to be for different people, that's hard to say. Yeah. Yes? Oh yeah. Um, I have like a temporary back issue right now. I know this last week, but that just became the entire focus of my yeah. meditation. It's hard. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, it's so important. I'll give you an answer now, and I'll say it's so important that we're going to spend a fair amount of time on it um, next next yeah. session. Body pain and emotions. So huge and. Like, who doesn't meditate with pain? That is, that's not to say, like, that's not to undermine the difficulty that anyone has, because, yeah, wow. Um, what can I say now, based on what we've done? I want to suggest being really gentle. Uh, yeah, especially in a, in a room where we're establishing, establishing a meditation practice. Please be very, very gentle with yourselves. There's like, there's a lot of unwinding that the body needs to do, or a lot of aligning, and that takes time. That takes time. Um, so, yeah, be gentle. Be gentle with it as you move in. And especially if you have an injury, like, uh, one, of the, one of the key pieces of discernment is like, is this pain hurting me? Is it like, is this injuring me? Or is it not? And unfortunately, it's a bit of trial and error. And it seems prudent to go slowly. Yeah. And then in terms of pain being a consuming mental activity, if that's the case, you can meditate on the connection to pain. Just let the, let the attention be there rather than forcing it back into the breathing. It may not be, breathing may not be, in times like that, the most important thing to pay attention to. Yeah. So would you say that there's a difference between pain and injuring and kind of an opportunity to see pain in a different light? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll unpack that further okay. yeah. uh, next time, but the, in a nutshell, that could be the chapter heading. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure where to go. Yes. Let me make sure I heard you right. Another leg position other than kneeling and then the Burmese tailor fashion. Yeah, what is the Burmese? Let me see how your legs are. It's, a, it's close to that, though your, your uh, ankles wouldn't be crossed. And then if you're sitting on the front half of your cushion, it'll help your knees to come down. Oh, I'm sorry. The, knee, the, the legs would be like this. So one ankle kind of in front of the other. Your hips seem actually kind of open. So what you're sitting in now is called quarter lotus. And if that's comfortable for you, that's a great posture. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I would suggest each session uh, rotating. Help keep your, keep your... Yeah, yeah, that's a great thing. The body will open. Yes? Nice. And I was wondering, like, based on hip placement, et cetera, yeah. I was wondering 
specific that is a great question. I am obviously not qualified to answer, um, but I, I'm curious. I, I don't know. The, the practitioners I have known probably have mostly been women. Uh, Jojo, do you want to say something? I, I feel like Vicky talked about this one time, yeah. and I remember sitting in the room. I cannot remember super specifically, but there was, I think it was like, we should ask Vicky. We should ask Vicky. Appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, I will ask Vicky and report back to you. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'll bring that to the next go. Mm-hmm. Maybe time for one more before we move on to the next thing. Yes. Um, I found myself thinking today with a very active thinking break, and then when you suggested the technique of counting breaths, I think that sort of triggered that, and I started oh. parallel processing. Yeah. So I was just like counting and then. I could not have asked for a more perfect segue. <laughs> that, that's fabulous. The thing we're going to talk about next, uh, or the thing we're going to do in a meditation next, is talk about foreground background attention. When in fact, the thinking mind can be going on, and it doesn't have to be in conflict. And that's, a, that's sort of a skill that develops. Like it, there's, there's certainly a way, I mean, I, I was just experiencing this this morning, where it's like, the thinking is all there is. It's just uh, totally consuming. And then there's a, there's a, there's a sort of art of, of attention in which you can, let the, you can let the thinking happen while also tuning into this other part of your experience. So letting them both be. And the um, counterintuitively, the sort of the, the resistance or the push to get away from or stop the thinking, in my experience, actually feeds it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a way that as the body, as the body starts to settle, and the breathing begins to settle, then the mind finds its way to settling too. But it happens in its own time. Mind has a mind of its own. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, answer for now. All right, we'll we'll keep experimenting with that. And thinking uh, will be the third, the third week. We'll talk about thinking particularly. Again, one of these areas that's that's really rich. So I want to spend a few minutes talking about establishing a practice. And yeah, but I'm so glad to see people moving. Yeah, uh, we've been sitting for a long time, so feel free to wiggle, move your posture change, stand up if you need to. Um, Some thoughts about establishing a daily practice. First thing I'll say, if you only come to one of these, let's say, just for the sake of argument, you come to all three. If you only came to Tuesday night and you only meditated while you were here, that would be perfectly fine with me. Perfectly fine. And the practice develops 
more deeply if you do it regularly. So uh, a daily practice comes highly recommended. Uh, I actually find if, if there's a morning that I don't meditate, does happen occasionally, I'm a little grumpier all day. I'm a little more reactive. I'm a little mean. Just a little. <laughs> um, anyway, but the, 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 encouragement, the encouragement is to um, meditate as often as it's, as it's uh, possible for you to do that. If it's, if it's every day, that's great. If it's twice a week, that's great. And if it's uh, just when you come, that's also good. I want to suggest some things. One is about beginning and ending your sitting. And the other is about dealing with your own context. So beginning and ending the sitting, I want to say, can be very helpful when you're enlisting the mind to pay attention for 20 minutes to actually say to yourself and make the intention, I'm about to sit down and pay attention for 20 minutes. It's remarkable how effective that can be over time. I don't, know, I don't know what the machinery is, but it's like some forces in the body align that otherwise would scatter. It's not to say you won't think, but it is really helpful. So setting an intention at the beginning. I'm going to sit down. Could be when you set your timer. I use Insight Timer on my phone, if anyone has Insight Timer. When I hit the 15 minutes, if I have 15 minutes, I'm like, okay, 15 minutes. I'm doing this right now. I'm going to pay attention to the breathing. 15, boom, go. And then at the end, to take a minute, 45 seconds, and just reflect on how it went. It's not a time to uh, really judge yourself or judge, like say, oh, this went so poorly, but just to pay attention. How did it actually go? Just that extra layer of reflective attention can help strengthen the practice. So that's beginning and ending. And then this really important thing about your context. Each of you has to meditate in your own space, right? In your own home with your own, your own people, if there are people, your own responsibilities, your own distractions. And it's a, there's an art. There's an art, to, uh, there's an art to doing that. General principles. Obviously, you want to pick a place to sit where you won't be so likely disturbed for the, say, 20 minutes you're going to be meditating. Uh, if it's possible, if there's enough space, someplace people aren't going to walk by, someone isn't going to get on their phone, and you will be listening to their phone call for those 20 minutes. Relatively quiet. Um, upping, upping the context discussion just a little bit, If you have the relationship with the people, it, how many of you have roommates or live with others? This may be irrelevant. No, it looks like enough. If you have the relationship with the people you live with to say, um, not, not even to ask them to do anything, but just to let them know, hey, I'm going to be meditating. There may, it may be in the back of their mind just a little bit. Okay, maybe I won't like, do the loudest thing in the apartment for those 20 minutes. It may be in the back of their mind. Or you can think for yourselves about, about ways you can enlist the support of the people that are, that are near you. Helpful to have a dedicated place. That way you don't have to set up your spot every time. 
I find, I find, I could not count on my digits how many times I have been caught by my Zafu as I walk by. Mm. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this right now, but I should. Mm. And I sit down and I do it. So if you have a cushion, if you need a cushion, you can buy one over there at the bookstore. That's not a plug. Not a shame. <laughs> it's, really, it's really, really not. It's just a practical suggestion. Um, <laughs> so the general idea, just to encourage you, think about, think about your context and really just give some reflection to how you can eliminate some of the distractions that you know you can probably expect in your space. It's well worth the time. Yeah, it must be my compassion. I'm just like really wanting you to stretch your legs. Why don't we, why don't we do another stand-up? I have a question about stretching. About stretching? Yeah, so like when you talk about starting and kind of ending your yeah. sit, would you, or I guess, do you personally have a, a movement part of that kind of regime or routine? I, I do because of, uh, oh, okay. because yeah. of my, my stuff. Um, so yeah, there are stretches that I, I find I, I have to stretch my hamstrings and, and I you, have to stretch my quadriceps. And you would do that before or after? I do it before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Does it help? I do I do a sitting zen where I have it for like half an hour I'm sitting and then I walk for five to ten minutes. Nice. And then I sit back down. Great. Um, I guess, is that first initial stretch, are you doing it in a meditative place or are you doing it kind of in a, just I'm stretching, I'm here, I'm doing this? I think the latter for me, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. It sounds great to like do it in a meditative way. Yeah, it's pretty great. But it's, it's usually, for me, it's happening at like 5 a.m. And I'm okay. like, oh, I better do this and get my robes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever, you're, whenever you feel, well, ready to take a seat, you can. So we're going to do just one more brief meditation together, and then we'll have just another brief time for Q&A, and that will be all the time we have for tonight. Yeah, so whenever you feel ready, finding your way to your posture. Tuning into the sitting base. That may be your sits bones and your knees, maybe your seat and your feet. Feeling your way up from the base through the alert spine, awake spine. Gently lengthening the neck, which tucks the chin. 
relaxing the shoulders and the ribs. Eyes, mouth. Hands. Taking a big breath in to feel your way down into the belly. And then letting the breathing return to normal. Expansion and contraction, sensations of the breathing. For maybe just at one minute, seeing if you can sense your way into the breathing in the foreground and any thoughts in the background. teachers has a saying that I just love. Never underestimate the power of short moments of mindfulness. That little sit, didn't that change maybe even something? So now we have just a few minutes for some final questions and then I'll conclude and we'll do some announcements. And of course, uh, if we don't get to some question here, I'll stay around after and talk to me directly. Or on the Yuz website, if you have the web address, yuz-sf.org. There's also a contact form there. If you're meditating or practicing this week and you're like, wow, I could really use an answer to this question, feel free to, feel free to get in touch with me.
Any, uh, anything now? Yes. So I did a different type of meditation where you just focus on breathing and you're not mindful of your thoughts. Great. But this meditation is kind of like the opposite. Sure. Where you're mindful of your thoughts, you're present in your thoughts and breathing. So I have no idea what's the difference or why is it like pay attention to your thoughts and kind of like stay present with your thoughts. So sure. I don't understand why. Yeah, yeah. Happy to say something about that. Uh, the, the general arc of what we're doing uh, for, for these three weeks is to, to incorporate more and more of our experience such that we can make our way into formal practice of shikantaza, which is just sitting, which is the, the type of meditation of this school, which incorporates everything in awareness. I find that it's a little hard to jump right into that. So kind of like learning your scales before someone hands you a piece of Bach to play. Um, we'll, learn how to, we'll learn how to do C sharp, and then we'll play something in C sharp. But anyway, we'll do the breathing, body, emotions, and so on. Just happens to be the approach of this, of this up, even this approach to getting into Shikantaza, mm-hmm. by no means at all universal. Um, and there are, there is a lot of meditation, a lot of meditation out there, and it's a very valuable practice to just stick with the breathing. Yeah, yeah, time time tested, actually. <laughs> So I don't know if that answers your question, but it's some, some relationship to it. Yeah. Uh, I think I saw another hand. Hi. Hi. Um, I noticed that you addressed us. Is there any way to specific way that we should respond or um, to that address of the bell? Or? Oh, you mean um, after, I, after I ring the bell? Yeah, you're seeing some of my Zen forms leaking. Mm-hmm. Um, young urban Zen, pretty casual. I usually don't even like wear this, but I, since I was demonstrating postures, I wanted that to happen. The um, what do I want to say about that? There's like there's no request at all to that you have to bow or we bow back. If, if you find that the Zen forms are things that like, speak to you or you feel inspired by, then we can learn, a, you, can, you can study. I just learned today there are priests who like, just specialize in funerals. Mm-hmm. You'll see it a lot if you, if you come into the, into the center, people bowing, that's like the, the very first thing that we do. So this is like the combination of hello, goodbye, thank you, I'm sorry, and um, <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Um, and actually, it, yeah, it's, it can mean so many things, but to me, it conveys just acknowledgement and respect. So that's what, I'm, that's what I'm offering. And I'm not demanding it at all. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Sure. Maybe time for one more now. And... I didn't see where the hand came up first. I was just going to ask if we're motivated to read more outside of the sports or other other sessions, mm-hmm. that would be beneficial or better sort of go slowly and just show up in the session. 
I think uh, if the reading support, supports and encourages you to practice, go for it. Go for it. Um, yeah, I never want to discourage people from reading Dharma. Because there are a lot of different instructions, it, if you're really interested in diving in and like trying out this approach, there is like some little, it may be a little confusing if you read widely, but even then I hesitate to be like, ah, oh, don't read widely, because Dharma is so nourishing on so many levels. But just know there may be some, there may be some confusion that arises. Uh, the classic, classic text for us is Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. But it may also be terribly confusing. Um, yeah. the, I think the giggles come from the fact that people who have read it are like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it is confusing. So there's that. Uh, and then, yeah, if you're interested in specific things to, to check out, we can talk about that. I think it may be time for announcements. So, yeah, we've sort of, we have begun. I appreciate all of your time and uh, willingness to try out a Yuz format that's a little bit different from what we normally do. Uh, I'm very interested in um, your impressions, how this goes. So when, when we get to the end of three weeks, if you want to let me know, that would be good. Um, as I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm very deeply inspired by how the practice of zazen can open up a life, mm -hmm. or what it can open up in a life. Mm -hmm. It's such a broad practice that I find it very, very helpful to enter it in this kind of sequential way. Um, yeah, so tonight was breathing, establishing a daily practice. I am hesitant to give homework, but I do want to encourage you to sit in between if that's available to you. Um, next time we'll talk about body, emotions. We'll get into a little bit about pain. And then the third go-round, we'll talk about thinking, and then we'll make the transition into shikantaza. That is the plan. Thank you so much. The, so I'm going to transition announcements now. Um, I'll make two announcements. One is, while SFCC has a handful of ways it supports itself, Young Urban Zen is entirely supported by donations. Um, as you might imagine, our, our costs are very few. Uh, if you feel inspired to give, you, oh, let me say, everything is offered freely, completely, totally fine with me. Uh, and. If you feel inspired to give, then there's a, there's a Venmo outside. Um, just mark yes with, your, with your, your gift. Second thing, if you want updates, Google group, sign up. Just leave your name and email outside. Tanuka, you want to give a plug for? Dharma Buddies? Dharma Buddies. Great timing. <laughs>
So you'll get paired up with someone, and all you do is you'll exchange some mode of communication that's convenient for you. It could be email, it could be text. And all you do is, at some point during the week, you just check in with each other on how your practice is going. Super simple. So uh, if you're interested in that, uh, we'll wait for about two minutes there just to get it through quickly. It'll take about five, 10 minutes. Uh, so yeah, I really encourage everyone to try it out and we'll be back there if you're interested. Thank you. Cool, thank you. Um, oh, there's also a WhatsApp group. You probably saw that on the way up. Um, I said, yes, it's entirely supported by donations. It's supported by donations and the time of a really delightful cohort of volunteers. Thank you very much. Am I missing anything? After hours. After hours. Um, so after this, uh, if anyone is interested, we'll be going over to the center to have tea. Uh, and it's um, just we can talk about this or whatever you feel like, uh, but just a time to get to know each other and hang out outside of uh, the center. Did we do it? Did we miss anything? All right. Well, traditional. I'll end with a short dedication, which is really just me saying thank you to you and all beings. May it be that our time together tonight, uh, deepening our entry into Zazen, opens up to some little bit of benefit for us and that that can spread out through, through us to everyone we know and everyone we don't. May all beings everywhere be free. Thank you so much. Please take good care of yourselves. Hope to see many of you next week. <laughs>